We believe that true success in every domain of life and work begins with a vision and a plan. I'm Michael Counts. And I'm Sarah Ellis Conant, and we are the founders of A Plan Coaching. And you're listening to All You Need Is A Plan. A podcast that explores how we can get the most out of life and work in the midst of more and more complicated and challenging times. Each week, we'll bring you guests who represent success stories at companies and organizations of all shapes and sizes. As well as thought leaders at the forefront of business and the wellness economy. So the purpose of this podcast is to share and explore stories of personal and organizational achievement ranging from how a company can change its culture and transform into the next phase of its evolution and succeed in new ways, to how a filmmaker can have a vision for a new project and realize it despite all the complexities, challenges, and difficulties that stand in the way, to how two creative partners can build a business and become an award-winning architectural firm, and how a new mom can see a need and launch a small nonprofit that grows into one of the largest diaper banks in the US and many more. Knowing that achievement is really an inside job, we'll look at how habits are formed and obstacles overcome how organizational systems are put together, and how goals are set and explained, how successful teams are structured and managed, how people are supported to bring their best, and how challenges to team and group dynamics are mitigated so that the toxicity that can sometimes exist in a culture doesn't rule the day. So in this podcast, all you need is a plan. We're going to explore how things get done, big and small, in companies and organizations of all shapes and sizes, and the role that coaching and other tools have in supporting the achievement of individual and organizational goals. With that in mind, let's get to it. I'm Michael Counts, and our guest today is none other than our very own Susanna Ludwig, often co-host, A-Plan coach, and you all may not know this, but before being a coach, Susanna was a film producer, and not only is she a documentary film producer, but she's an Academy Award-nominated documentary film producer, which is pretty awesome. So, Suze, welcome back. Welcome. I don't even know. What should I say? Welcome to the podcast. You are on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank as you a guest. so much. I'm so excited to be here today. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here, too. This is it, doing this podcast with you, Susanna, has been such a joy. And having you as an A-Plan coach is also a joy. And I'll never forget when Sarah, um, my co-founder and our CEO and my coach for most of 20 years, met you in person, she said, Susanna is like a natural born coach. Her face just exudes this brightness and boy, was she right. So it's just a thrill. I'm excited to talk to you about coaching. I'm just excited to talk to you about your specific kind of focus and where it comes from in your life and, and, and how you work with people and any number of things. So to get into it, we haven't had occasion with you as a co-host to sort of really get your deep background. I'd love to just start with that. Share with us some of your background and your journey to your life as a coach. So let's start there. First of all, I just want to say I'm so excited to be here and grateful to be part of the A-Plan community. It's a community that has really enriched my life in so many ways, including being co-host of this podcast, which I really enjoy doing so much. So I went to film school where that I studied film, both undergraduate and graduate, and then proceeded to have a career as a film producer, mostly in documentary, but occasionally in narrative too. And I did that <clears throat> for about 25 years. And I loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved finding great stories. I loved telling those stories. I loved that my job got to change every day. I loved the way that you could become an expert on a subject when you started making a film of some kind. But what I loved the most about it 
was really getting to deeply collaborate with people and getting to help people figure out who they were, what they were trying to say, what was the story they were trying to tell, and what was the best way of telling it. And that was the part that lit me up, that kept me really excited and really energized and really just alive and kept me going. It kept me wanting to pursue more stories and meet more collaborators and growing my work. And I just enjoyed so much about it for a really long time. And then in my personal life, eventually things changed. I have a health condition that I've had since birth, so had many up and downs with that. And additionally, about 10 years ago, I got divorced. And when that happened, those two things happening started me thinking about making a change in some way because my health and also my financial life needed more stability. And producing was a wonderful career, but it was a career that sometimes I made a lot of money and sometimes I struggled. And also the hours were long and I traveled a lot and all of that was not great for me. At that time, was a single mom to my son, who's now 14. He was four at the time. And I just gradually began to really crave a career and a life that was much more stable and consistent and um, reliable, I guess, is the best way to put it, and sort of gentler on my body and on my spirit and on my bank account. <laughs> so as I began to think about that, I really did some deep soul searching, and I thought about what was it that I loved so much about producing and what part brought me the most joy? And the thing that I kept coming back to was the people, like I said. And I thought about what did I do with the people? What was the special magic that I loved so much? And I realized it was just really listening, really hearing what they had to say, really helping them be their best selves, helping them sort of access what their inner thoughts and visions and dreams were, and then helping them make them happen. And so I began to sort of think about that and realize that it made sense to take that piece of it and make that my life's work. And randomly, and this is sort of a funny story, at the same time that that happened, a friend of mine called me and said, I have a friend who is going through a similar divorce to yours. Would you mind talking to her? So I started talking to this friend about once a week on the phone. And at the end of every call, she would cry and say, oh my goodness, Susanna, thank you so much for helping me. I could have never gotten through this divorce without you. And before I knew it, she was referring other people to me. So before I knew it, I was sort of coaching people without really deciding to become coach or knowing that that was what I was doing and realized that I really loved it, that I really loved having something that I could give to support these women and these people. And when I realized that it was around the same time this whole transition was happening, I decided to become a coach. And so I connected with you, Michael, which was such a blessing. I got certified at A-Plan and now here we are. Wow. Yeah. I love that that story on a couple of different levels. I mean, I, I love your own journey and through that inquiry is in and of itself sort of encapsulates our mm -hmm. process of saying, what do I really want? What part of what's going on is the part that resonates most deeply with me. One of my favorite questions that we now include in, in our launch exercises and is a question that I often ask myself when I'm doing something is, is if I like won the lottery tomorrow and no longer had to work for money in any way and had financial security for the rest of forever, what part of what I'm doing professionally would I continue to do? And what part would I say happy to be done with that part and, and move on. And I feel like, and I'm always trying to, even if I'm needing to support myself, that the things that I'm doing 
are the things that are most resonant with me. And it sounds like that was kind of part of your process of figuring out like, well, what's next? What's the piece of this that I love? And can I carry that forward into something else? I mean, that as an exercise, I think is something that I kind of wish everybody could do and did because I think people being in alignment with who they are is just, it's better for our communities and better for all of our relationships and better for the world in some way. So there's that piece. And then there's the kind of finding your way to helping people through an experience that you had that was challenging, which is kind of a little bit of my own origin story with all this. Like I'm not a coach, but I sure know a lot about coaching and founded a coaching business. And part of it was really about like this idea that I've been through these things and coaching helped me. And how did I apply coaching to my life to help me? I'm a lifelong sufferer of, of anxiety, you know, clinical anxiety. Like as a kid, I didn't know this. And, and working on that part of my life helped me develop tools and a refined experience with those tools. So anyway, I really identify yeah. with what you're saying. So let's get into this, the piece about the relationship coaching. I'd love to go a little yeah. deeper because, you know, I know as an A-plan coach, you kind of have that mm -hmm. specialty, but also coaching creative mm -hmm. people is a specialty in career development and transitions. Mm -hmm. I've often heard you say like that's mm -hmm. sort of a specialty. I'd love to go a little deeper into those aspects of, of you and your you know, coaching. Yeah. I think working with creative people sort of came out of being a producer because that's what I did as a, as a producer. Often creative people, they're very in their heart and sometimes it's hard for them to articulate what they need or to translate their vision to the exterior world or it comes with a, a lot of, for whatever reason, challenges for them. And as a producer, I became sort of like a, a pro at, at doing that translation of helping them figure out what they really wanted and, and how to go after it. So that piece is sort of built into my long career as a producer. And I love working with creative people. I find them dynamic and interesting. And, and I love that. That's so much fun. I do do that quite a bit. The relationship piece, like I said, came out of my divorce. And I would say that's probably the part of my work that I love the most. And the, what I love the most about it is sort of holding the space for what they really want. So people come to work with me sometimes when they're thinking about getting divorced or maybe when they have just gotten divorced or sometimes when they've gotten divorced and they're ready to start dating. And they feel like they need support in those moments in time. And what I love to do is really hold the space for them to begin to start to envision and articulate what they really want. So if they're in a marriage that's unhappy, what could their life look like outside of this? And what do they desire? What kind of partner do they want? And then when they start dating, the same thing. Okay, so if you um, have ideas about your next boyfriend, what does he look like? What kind of work does he do? How do you feel when he's with you? What kind of dates do you want to go to go on? you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just sort of open space for them to really say it out loud. And then once they say it, we figure out, okay, now that you've said it, how do you make that happen? And I think for myself, I was single for five years in between my first marriage and I just recently got remarried. And I did a lot of that same work myself. I was very clear about and intentional about how was I going to get from where I was to where I am now. And it paid off. One of the things that I, I love, if, if you don't want to share about this, we can cut it out. Your level of intentionality is something that I really identify with. I'm very yeah. intentional when I'm doing something. And and I know from knowing you and Dave, that's Suzanne's husband, that you made a list 
of aspects of the relationship and, and characteristics of the person you were looking for long before you ever met Dave. I feel like that's such a powerful tool that that's, we kind of laugh, like it sounds so, you know, I don't know, it sounds so something, yeah. you know, but it's so brilliant. And again, I think if more people did that and really got, this is what I'm looking for. This is the kind of person, these are the kind of, yeah. just what you were just describing, but let's get into the particulars of your list and what led you to to make that and, so and, and, and how did it yeah, serve you? I, I made lists in two different ways and I'll, I'll briefly talk about both of them. So at the very beginning part of me being single, I was on vacation by myself and I was doing a lot of daydreaming about what my next serious relationship was going to be like. And I sat down and because I'm a big uh, envisioner, I wrote down a list and the list was 92 characteristics of what I was looking for in someone. I know that sounds really crazy, but it is true. Some of the characteristics were kind of stupid, like likes yoga, some frivolous things, likes to listen to music, which some be, for some people that's frivolous. For me, I, I wanted somebody who enjoyed music, but some of them were much more important and much more about values. Like, for example, is close to their family, really likes children, has a spiritual practice, is a generous person, has a sense of humor. The list was very long, obviously. And then I sort of filed the list away in my journal. And five years later, I met Dave. And a couple months after meeting him, I found the list and I went through it. And I realized that he is 87 of the 92 things, which is crazy. I don't know how I did that, but I manifested the person that I really had envisioned. And so now I actually work a lot with my clients on that exact thing to get really clear. And sometimes you know what you want because you know what isn't working. And that's okay to jump off from that point. But just really put it out there and not be afraid of it. And then the second part of the list is that when Dave and I met, <laughs> maybe right after our second date, I would say, he emailed me one day and he said, hey, I have a weird idea. Would you mind sharing the top 10 things you're looking for in someone with me? And I'll share my list with you. And I was like, sure. So I emailed him and I was excited that he was even asking me that. And it turned out our lists were the exact same, which is pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. That is amazing. I don't think that's crazy at all. I think that that's brilliant. And I think that to do that exercise, because I now do that just about everything I do, like what, what do I want? We're building a new website for a plan. Like, what do we want that to look like? And what do I want to feel like? And I, I think about that when friends looking for jobs and, and so forth, make the list. Do you want to be virtual? Yeah. Do you want to be here? Do you want to be there? What, what do you want to feel? What do you want to, what do you want to desk to be? What do you want to see? Because I really believe that if you get that specific one, you're way more likely to get it. And this may sound a little kind of woo-woo, but like, I believe in that idea yeah. of manifesting things. I think that the more specific you get, the more you're tuning your frequency to that thing in the world. And somehow it, it helps make it happen in a way in your life. I, I know that that's been my experience in my life. And I think that what you're just describing is further up. Yeah. What I like to do with clients is really give them permission because I think that's where people get really stuck is they're afraid to ask for it. They're afraid to say, I want a guy who has stable financial life, or I want a guy who really loves children and maybe wants to have more, or I want a woman who has a really amazing sense of humor because laughter is important to me. They're afraid to put it out there. And I think it's only in when we put it out there, when there's space and a coach helping them feel okay with asking for their desires that then they happen. So I love that part of my job. And so fun, especially in the relationship work and all the work really, but especially in the relationship work to get 
to help them envision it and to start to feel empowered to do the asking. What's interesting is our fundamental question in our in A plan coaching is right. what do you want? There's the big version, there's the top of that list of like, I want to get remarried. I want to be in a loving relationship. But okay, cool. What yeah. else do you want? Like, like you can go so granular. Totally. I heard that Sarah's father, Dave Ellis, in, in one of his books talks about this. And he had said, you know, imagine you go into a restaurant and you just say, I want food. <laughs> we'll bring you something and it'll probably qualify as food. But it's much more likely if you go in and look at the menu and so I'd like this, this cooked this way. And I want this as an appetizer and my salad with this, but I don't like red onions. Yeah. And you're going to get something way closer to an ideal, which isn't even like, it's just what your preference. It? You know what I mean? It's like the right dinner. It's just the <laughs> dinner you want. And I think that serves us. I know so many people who live their life along those lines of like, what do you want to do this weekend? I don't know, something yeah. fun, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, you only get so many weekends in your life. Like get intentional. Right. So I just think that there's such wisdom yeah. to that. Yeah. And in my experience also, when you get that granular, you get that or something better. Mm. Yeah. Is really the way that it goes. Yeah. Well, and two, it's, it's the, the other thing is I, I think we talk so much about that question, what do you want? Making multiple action plans to get it, but also looking at the habits 100%. side of it. And I think that, that being intentional in that way is a habit and or lacking the intentional approach is yeah. also a habit of, you know, I spent a lot of my life like, well, what do you want to do tonight? What do you want to do? Tonight? I don't know, whatever. And it's like, well, in a way that's, there's a value to that something spontaneous, but I think even spontaneity can yeah. be intentional. And I think that idea of creating that kind of habit, like now when I go on vacation, the, my, the other version of this, not like there's the dinner version and there's like the vacation version to me, which is like, you know, I want to go here. I don't just want to yeah. go on vacation. I want to go to the Amalfi right. coast this time of year and stay at this hotel with these people and go here and yeah. do that and and go to Capri. It's a whole thing as opposed to for a lot of my life, I was like, oh, I'm going on vacation. We went somewhere and it didn't matter. And I didn't get really what I wanted. Yeah. But it's a habit. And I think also in getting back to the relationship piece, that habit part is another part that's really interesting. Because when you start looking at what do you want in relationships, then you look at your habits. And sometimes your habits are really good or sometimes your habits are not so good. And so that's where in coaching, there can be a beautiful jumping off point from what do you want to then now, how do you want to shift how you are in relationships and how you are in your habits to then make them healthier and happier and better. I find a lot of times when I'm working with clients on their dating lives, that's when that stuff pops up. Because when you're newly dating somebody, you're sort of aware of um, all of the things. You're aware of how you are, how you seem, how you come across, what's working, what's not working, what your triggers are. And there's an opportunity then to look at those habits and shift them and take the intentionality to a whole new level to then get what you want. It's interesting. I wonder too, I know for a lot of people, the entry point to coaching is an event, a divorce, a new career, a big life transition. But how does that, how does it evolve past that into just coaching as a resource in one's life? Because again, that was my yeah. experience. It was like starting with kind of this moment, this transition, this need, I'm starting a company, I want some support. But then as I started to apply the tools, I, was, I just realized that the same tools applied to the next challenge and the next opportunity and the next desire. Do you see that a lot in this with your clients and how they kind of what they learn about 
just their own lifestyle, their own desires, the universality of some of these tools. Yeah, I think oftentimes what happens is a client will come with a presenting problem that could be their want to shift something about their work life or they're realizing that their marriage is unhappy and they want to get out of their marriage. But then as we start to unpack that, then it becomes clear, well, there's another problem. They actually have some financial problems or they don't really take care of them, their body and their health or they have complicated relationships with their children or maybe are unhappy also in work in their creative life. And so while initially they are coming for one set of things they were to work on, ultimately once they get started, then they continue to want to keep growing and pushing themselves in all directions. And that's when we become really a thought partner for them and really help them get from where they are in all areas of their life to where they want to be. And because the beauty of living life is that there's always more to grow and more to do, there's always more things to learn about ourselves and more um, places in which we can expand ourselves and, and come up with more and more and more desires. What are a few things that you might suggest to a listener, whether they're going through a relationship thing or not? Just what are some tools that you might suggest that people try, whether they have a coach or not, whether they're interested in getting a coach or not, some tools that they might try and experiment with as a way to sort of strengthen some of these muscles, develop yeah. some of these habits? One tool that is obvious and a huge part of A-Plan is gratitude, right? I've always used gratitude for myself as an individual and certainly as a coach in A-Plan, also outside of A-Plan, because I think gratitude really shifts the way we live in the world, the way we move in the world, the way we think about things. And it can be sort of like a soothing friend that we have in our back pocket who's there to kind of help us feel better in all situations. So gratitude is for sure. Another thing that I sort of made up this tool myself and I use sometimes, particularly with people going through really hard transitions like a divorce or a job change where they're having a loss of confidence. I created this thing called a did well list, which is where a client will send me a text saying, this is what I did well this week. And I know in the A-plan language, we call it celebration, same thing, but it more on the, in a daily way helps them to focus on what were the successes? What do you feel good about? And sometimes it's as small as I made a really good cup of coffee today. But in other days, it could be I was really loving to my partner or I treated my kids really well or I took an elderly relative out for lunch today and that felt really good. And as we begin to kind of accumulate and look at what we did well, then we feel more confident and better about ourselves. And that helps us to have juice to keep making changes and to keep having the jet fuel to keep taking bigger risks. Definitely. Adam Grant, the Wharton yeah. economist, writer, author of uh, Give and Take, he talks a lot about this and the idea of sort of borrowed some of his terminology, this idea of micro accomplishments and just little things that we're doing, you know, that build momentum. Like a, a long journey is, is a million individual steps and that's just how we experience it. All we really get is the right, right. now. And I think that that is like such a powerful tool I mean, it had such an impact on my life that we built a lot of our app at A-Plan around that idea of tracking yeah. those things. Because as you say, as you make a little progress, PJ Fogg has is the, uh, the tiny habits mm. idea too. It's little things that you could, that are easy to, to grasp and, and easy to do and don't feel like yeah. these just these huge efforts. I want to get in shape. It's like, okay, do That's one right. push up. 
that's the micro accomplishment step. And I really think that that does build momentum. It does, it does show you that it is within your control to make progress and then progress begets progress. And and I think when people are coming out of a a long-term relationship and changing it or changing jobs, they feel oftentimes like they failed or like something's wrong, you know? And so what they need is um, somebody to help them get back in touch with what's right so that they then have sort of the, the platform to then go on another date or then apply for another job. Or if it's a person working on a creative project, you know, send another film to a film festival or whatever it is that feels like they're putting themselves out there when they have more confidence and they're more able to do those things. And you need to take those risks in order to get the rewards that they're searching for ultimately. So I think that a coach in the early days before the muscle is even beginning to develop. And I know for me, a huge benefit of having a coach was that was reflecting back the things that I just could not yeah. see at all. The little bit of progress, the the little bit of a desire, totally. the the little bit of intention, you know, the micro accomplishments that were just invisible to me. And then seeing them, it made me start to see like they were happening, but if they're invisible, like they might okay. as well not be happening. And that's where like where negative bias is such a kind of a deadly yeah. thing because all, all you're seeing with negative bias is like what you're not doing right. And that just really creates a kind of vicious cycle. Whereas the beginning of seeing it, the reflecting that a coach does, and then one seeing one's own progress, that sort of turns the vicious cycle around and becomes a virtuous cycle where progress begets progress. But it's so easy to get stuck in the the negative version of that where, and I feel like honestly, that's where most people spend most of their time mm-hmm. in my experience. I know for me, for years of my life, that's mm-hmm. where I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I always say, and it sounds a little magey, but it is just my truth that I feel like my job as a coach is simply just to totally love and adore my clients and provide a mirror so they can Mm. see how much I love them, basically. And that that sort of offering of love helps them to begin to internalize that and start to shift away from those negative biases or away from those limiting beliefs. And I get so lucky every single day to get to offer that. It comes pretty naturally to me. And it's, I love coaching so much. It's the most fun thing I get to do. Well, Susanna, your clients are lucky. I feel so lucky to have you as a co-host and as a partner in A-Plan and as a coach in our company. And man, I think more and more, I just feel just lucky. (laughs) I feel like seeing our own blessings and, and you are certainly one in my life. And I feel certain that anybody who's listen to our episode today. We'll get so much out of hearing you and your insights and and the fruit of your life lived. And so thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you so much, Michael. It's really such a pleasure to work with you every day. And as I said, to be part of the A-Plan community. And I feel super lucky every day to get to do it. And I really appreciate this time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for All You Need Is A Plan. If you'd like to learn more about what A-Plan coaching can do for your team or organization, Check out our website, aplancoaching.com, connect with us on social media, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening.